Hello, everyone, and welcome to another riveting edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bomb in the night. I am your host, John, joined as always by my beautiful co-host, Eric. How are you this week? Fabulous. Welcome to another edition of Eric Month! Uh, we have a pick this week, pick number two. Two. So, Eric, would you like to introduce your pick this week? Yes, this is Annihilation. This is a movie that I saw um, absolutely high out of my mind. <laughs> The first time I saw this, so did the was, creators. It's fine, right? This was this, and it may be the reason that I like it so much. Sure, it, that may have some influence over how I feel about this movie. But I was in an apartment with a friend of mine who has worked on some under the floorboards production shit, mm-hmm. and we were on some illicit illicit substances, and uh, loved this shit. This is one of those kind of incredibly thought provoking. It's not that they're uncommon. It's just that I feel like within the horror genre, we don't get a whole lot of like existential dread anymore sure it's more focused on a single entity or like a single idea or you know conduit, if right you right right and i feel like this one because it's so open-ended leaves a lot of room for interpretation um i made a comment to you after we finished watching it together today that i feel like what is really striking about this movie is that it's written in a way that sort of is literally replicating what it's doing in the movie it's only going to affect you as much as you allow this to affect you you know what i mean (laughs) there were times definitely where i felt like uh patrick in the episode where like all their breath stinks from like eating onions and it's just like hitting his forehead and fucking drifting (laughs) up (laughs) burning his eyebrows off but not actually entering (laughs) i was like oh boy annihilation (laughs) (laughs) could i have some um, like yeah. spreading Natalie Portman over bread. Right. Uh, well. <laughs> anyway, I feel like this is just, it, it's 2018, so this is a relatively recent movie, too. I don't mm-hmm. know that we've done too many movies from within the last five years. I feel like we've been sort of I like... like Terrifier, not right, really. You know what I we mean? We definitely haven't done anything with this level of CGI that's great. And like wild-ass budget totals and oh, shit like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Not not to mention just the CGI, but also like the cast and everything. Um, Alex Gar... I'm just going to jump into the, yeah, the itinerary, and then if you want to give your first impressions, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alex Garland did this. You will know him from 28 Days Later, the series, as well as Ex Machina. Um, released in 2018, like I said. Natalie Portman is starring as Lena. Jennifer Jason Lee as Dr. Ventress. Tessa Thompson as Josie Raddick. Uh, Benedict Dick Wong, that was that motherfucker's name that we were trying to figure out, as uh, Lomax. Oscar Isaac as Kane. Gina Rodriguez as Anya Thornton. And Tuva Novadi as Cass Shepard. I fucked your last name up. I'm sorry, Tuva. <laughs> I'm sorry, too. Novotny. Uh, I'm going to say Novotny. Novotny? Yeah, I'm going to go with Novotny yeah. on that one. We'll just patch that in. And by that, I mean you will patch that in. Yeah, we got it. Um, we so got it. this was also based off of a book trilogy. Mm-hmm. This movie, not based off of it. It's literally ripping the story from a book trilogy. Um, but what Does you this found- Does encompass all three? I don't know. Okay. Because I haven't read the books. Uh, okay. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't know if you had some context for that. Anyways. Yeah, anyway. They just stopped outside your door for a second, or outside your window on your property for a second. That's all. John's being raided right now. <laughs> Damn, that Dark Souls player swatted me. <laughs> it's because I called his mom a whore. We'll see you all, guys in the afterlife. And in all fairness, she guzzled it, so it's not really my <laughs> fault. It's true. Um, 
Yeah, so anyhow, we have the classic based off a book nobody's fucking read kind of kind of kind of trope. Sure you know what I mean? I got a quarter of a billion dollars in a book nobody's read. Watch this. <laughs> it's kind of the idea, right? So, um, first impressions, this was your first time seeing this movie at all. You hadn't fallen asleep during this movie at any given nope. point in history. <laughs> you haven't seen parts of this movie at any point in history. Yeah. 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 Um, and actually it is one that like is the epitome of I saw the commercial for it and just never watched it. You know, um, I was the, literally the dude on the couch like, oh, Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. And that was like kind of the extent of that. <laughs> right. Um, but I will say I thought this movie was aesthetically profound uh-huh. um, throughout. Uh-huh. And, and even more so, uh, one of my favorite things about this movie and the world that they create is when we go into and we'll obviously talk about this in a minute but when uh they actually go into the shimmer and it's so bright and colorful and beautiful and there's and like, weirdly comfy yeah there's flowers right. it's it's there it's a super floral area um and there's like these new <laughs> i will say there were a couple times where I was like, okay. Because it was like the like when we see the flowers for the first time, they're like, these are genetically starting to replicate into ways that don't actually exist. And it looked like somebody just like took a, <laughs> one of those fucking foam cones from like Michael's and put like eight different kinds of flowers on it and just called it a day. Just made flowers, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, with no rhyme or reason. Um, it was incredibly uh, metaphorical and thought-provoking, so I hated it. Right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that, let me just say, this is not a movie that I would recommend to you on your own. I sure, don't think that sure. this is your style, and it's not for your lack of ability to like comprehend it. I just know you don't like John, it. John, it's not because you're a fucking moron. Yeah, I just, I know... <laughs> I know you don't lean too heavily into the art. I sound so fucking pretentious saying this, but like I know you don't lean heavily into like the artistic side. Sure, of, it, it of depends this on kind what of shit, right? Yeah, yeah. It really depends on what it is. Yeah. Um, and, and this one I enjoyed for the most part. I think I think my only not even issue with this movie, but what I would have preferred out of it is I thought that there were a lot of moments that could have been a little bit more engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like with and or for the audience, but. That's just me. Um, I thought the acting was great for the most part. Um, the the like genetic modifications I thought were really fucking cool mm-hmm. in this movie. Like I, I really kind of loved some of these. Like in the pool scene, that was one of my favorites. Like yeah. just that aesthetic was so gripping. When we get to the pool scene, I'll explain what my experience with that was like. <laughs> Cause it was it was kind of cool. It yeah. it felt very like if you take the like premise of this movie away like just coloration wise it felt very midsummer true and that was one of the, that was actually the very only natural thing. and green and earthy and yeah yes. yeah, yeah uh and that was the only thing i liked about midsummer right so. <laughs> <laughs> cinematography slash like set design i love yeah. the cinematography in yeah. this movie and it's i feel like that's really challenging in movies that are so cgi heavy mm-hmm. and obviously there's a lot of set design that went along with this movie that really aided a lot but there's a lot of green screen stuff too that comes in really later in the movie is the bigger part of it um but all of that develops really well and i was really impressed with how you know people like natalie portman and the dp were able to like really kind of pull that world together Mm -hmm. in what feels like not a lot to work with yeah yeah i agree and i feel like this is one of those movies that's definitely meant to be felt more than it is to be like understood and it's not because like it's 
you know, inexplicable in some way or that you can't delve into it. But like the director, I mean, there isn't a whole lot of explanation that isn't. Oh, sorry. I thought you were checking. something. <laughs> I thought you got a phone call. Oh, no, I'm just pulling out my notes. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I switched I, to digital, baby. Got you. Good for you. Um, I feel like there was a lot of open endedness to this. And like the director himself is even like, oh, what did you feel? What did you think? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> kind of the attitude. A lot of the explanation, what I was going to say was a lot of the explanation that exists on the internet about how, what was the ending like, or what did this mean? And what did this represent? And shit like that was, is purely like anecdotal. Yeah. You know what totally, I mean? And it doesn't totally. have any basis in like what the director was actually trying to do or anything. So it's just one of those movies. And I think that's why I like it is because I get to play with it in my head a little bit. Yeah. And there's from a film like enjoyment standpoint, I, there's a level of that that I enjoy. When I want to sit down and I want to watch Dead Snow and I want it to just be handed to me on a fucking, <laughs> you know, on a plat on a plate, that's yeah. fine, you know what I mean? But sometimes it's nice to think about stuff and whatever. Sounds gay. Yeah, it's pretty gay. <laughs> it's pretty gay. And I I I do act, I do really enjoy stuff like that too. I think um I I think for me it's one of those things where and it's part of just how my brain works is like there are some things that I really love to read like I love reading Stephen King, I love reading Poe. I like Dan Brown for the most part mm-hmm. it, it, and stuff like that. But I think that all of those writers are very, very descriptive mm-hmm. of, you know, world building and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that other authors are not, but I guess what I'm getting at is I do need a level of the world building kind of handed to me because my imagination doesn't build that by itself. It's also sort of unfair to the audience to expect them to do it on their own right when you're providing the art you know right. what i mean because <laughs> because that's just abstract at this point yeah. and that's fucking stupid I've been, <laughs> so. I've been on antibiotics for like fucking 48 hours now and i gotta tell you i was telling my my boss the other day because we were you know spitballing and shit about some stuff yeah. and uh he was like how you feeling i was like honestly man my whole brain feels like a modern art canvas right nice. now because like i don't get it and uh-huh. there's just nothing really going on <laughs> And yet it's worth six and a half figures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I wish. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the long and short of it. This is one of those that I feel like if you haven't seen it, um, welcome, I would definitely welcome, recommend welcome it. to it. Yeah. Welcome to it, because this is going to be a little bit of a ride from an Eric, Eric like over explaining <laughs> things <laughs> standpoint. But Three it's Eric. Hours Mon. later. So go fuck yourselves. I know. <laughs> You clicked on it, bitches. (laughs) Getting into it. So uh, we start off with what I call the cell scene. Mm -hmm. And it's Natalie Portman talking to uh, the guy from Doctor Strange. Yes. Uh, His character was never named. He's credited as one Lomax. Lomax is the band's yes. name. Yes, I thought you were talking about in Doctor Strange. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure That's he was true. credited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, it's not Shang Chi. I'm I'm not going to pretend like I know his name in Doctor Strange, <laughs> <laughs> but he does have a name. He's his like helper dude. That's yeah, he's, like he's, he's like the guardian w- of the temple. He was like weirdly smarter than Steven is in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah but yeah. the the amulet didn't choose him. Or sure. Yeah. Whatever, right. You know? Right. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, it's uh, Lomax is speaking to Lena, who is played by Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. 
and she does not remember how she got here, why she got here, what happened. Mm-hmm. And this was the part that I don't like about movies like this, mm-hmm. personally, is I feel like if you have multiple instances of timelines and stuff that you're trying to establish, timestamp that shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I shouldn't be inferring it the third time we go back mm-hmm. because I'm trying to make sure. Because as far as I know, we're at the facility already. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe we're just getting a checkup. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're just doing this. Maybe we're just like... Mm-hmm. That 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 part does kind of annoy me, and not even just this movie, but like there's in so general. there's so many movies. If you're gonna have multiple timelines, fucking timestamp mm-hmm. them. Well, and you know how you know what's going on in a Tarantino movie, even though he's telling his shit out of order. Yeah, it's because he timestamps it. Yeah, it's exactly. Fifteen years later, <laughs> twenty years earlier, twenty minutes later, Tennessee, <laughs> Civil War. I feel like fucking terrifying. Please, <laughs> please, please don't. don't. Um. But yeah, I kind of feel like this was kind of setting the pace a lot for this film. And I think for me, I got really confused instead because they jumped back into civilian life, but there was no like dramatic music drop. There was no timestamp. And I was like, there was also in one of the things that like, like if we're moving forward here, because I think this is going to help prove your point a little bit further. If we're moving forward here a little bit, Lena is teaching at Johns Hopkins, Mm -hmm. which is huge, which you are one of the smartest people in your field (laughs) in the United States. You know what I mean? Um, She's a biologist at Johns Hopkins. And there's a sequence where one of her colleagues, Dan uh, invites her to a barbecue with his wife and some friends and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And she says, no, I'm painting our bed, the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that there's a past already established that we're supposed to infer from these lines and that kind of thing, which it's pretty clear she's lost somebody, right? And that's right. fine. But that person being lost doesn't serve as an like it doesn't serve to establish her character's like purpose or their trajectory or whatever. Yeah, because that guy is an integral part of this story and continues to come back into it and out of it and into it and out of it. And that kind of, you know what I mean? That's certainly one way to put it. And it's, it's, one, it's one of those, it's one of those things where I feel like not that it needed to be told chronologically as much as I do, just like you're saying a little bit more insight into what's happening when, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, I cannot imagine being a white person that turns down going to the black barbecue. Right. <laughs> right. You really buried the lead on that. Right. One. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about winning the lottery. You want to talk about yeah. going to eat seasoned food. Right. I mean, Natalie Portman was still about to show with potato salad with raisins in it, but that she bought from food line. Th- oh, <laughs> <laughs> I sorry. Even hate- from the deli section of food line. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same shit, yeah. but in the deli section, <laughs> Where it's made fresh, <laughs> not fresh. 18 hours ago. <laughs> it's like how Taco Bell's meat is 80% meat. <laughs> 20% soylent green. <laughs> Recycled meat. <laughs> Reconstituted taco meat. I feel like that's just fucking condoms. <laughs> you hang out in the parking lot long enough, that's a harvest. Oh, oh. <laughs> Not the Taco Bell parking lot sex. <laughs> yeah, stop having sex in Taco Bell parking lots. You know what? Like, as someone who's not a voyeur, like, and I know and I know what that means. <laughs> um, it's French. <laughs> I don't even think the voyeurs really want to watch people have sex in the dirtiest fucking park. You know what, actually? <laughs> no. Maybe it is a thing. I redact my right. uh, my statement, but... It comes back through the drive-thru. You know what? I am going to get the big box. 
Uh, can I get six more packets of fire sauce, please? Yeah, yeah. I am going to get that. <laughs> I'm feeling spicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Diablo on my shoulder. <laughs> um. So anyways, we've established like now or sorry. Now we are in the home and mm-hmm. we're getting those memories. And it's just like, you know, how shots of like what you need to pick up on is her being in combat gear next to her husband, mm-hmm. also in combat gear. Mm-hmm. So and the photos on the wall. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he is not deployed. He was never deployed in like, you know, <laughs> the Middle East because it's we're talking mid 2010. But what I'm saying is like for the context of like the oh, film okay. itself, you know what I mean? For the story driven. Because I had a 20 minute guessing game of like where. Right. <laughs> Because I was like, was it Iraq? Was United it Fallujah? States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Chile, Jamaica, <laughs> Peru, Republic, Dominica, and Herzegovina. <laughs> it was Pakistan. Right. <laughs> so he's been gone for 12 months. Or as most Just, people would call a year. Or dead. <laughs> also, you know what I mean? <laughs> Not gone for 12 months. <laughs> dead. Um, and as she is uh, painting a gorgeous, like, cerulean navy... Like wall, I know, you know the what room I mean. Was I know. It Over, was beautiful. She's like whitewashing this shit with like desert sand paint. You know what I mean? It's like this reminds me of Fallujah. <laughs> he just walks up the stairs and he's just home. And she kind of has that like, oh my god, am I dreaming? No, you're not. He's home. And she hugs him, kisses him a few times. He's not reciprocating any of the physical affection. So we mm-hmm. have the first, uh-oh, kind of moment, you know. Yeah. The PTSD is kicking in. Yeah. Or and, whatever. And he's kind of reacting to everything around him. Like, he had brain damage from a baseball injury. Like, he is just kind of floating through the ethos of this home. Like a four-year-old becoming self-aware yeah. for the first time <laughs> and having their own cognizant individual thoughts. Why did you take that sandwich? Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So she takes him downstairs and gives him a glass of water and wants a fucking explanation. So where right. you been? Where you been, huh? Where you been? I'm not sure. Well, was it hot? Was there snow? Were they speaking Portuguese? <sighs> <laughs> you know. The Portuguese thing was actually kind of funny to right. me because I was just like, why would he be in Brazil? <laughs> I know. I know. They would call that an occupation. Right, right. We invaded Brazil. Dude, G8 would be going off. <laughs> I don't even think that ever actually happened either. No. Like, they talked about it a lot. No. Because Russia was like, we need allies. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, that sounds great. And all of them are the worst people that play right. this shit. Because you had Brazil, Mexico, uh, fucking China, who's... They're not going to leave their country for anything. No. <laughs> and Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and fucking north korea you know what's gonna happen if north korea if the leaders of north korea leave right we take north mm-hmm. korea 100 percent. south korea moves forward two spaces <laughs> when i make my move <laughs> you're free to check the kim <laughs> by now <laughs> but he's just falling he's not even dancing <laughs> not me not trudeau you <laughs> <laughs> Is Trudeau still in office? I don't even know. Dude, he fired everyone in his cabinet but himself. That makes sense. That was incredible. Yeah, that's great. Like, cause the like the people that are running now are like, I don't know if anybody else yeah. noticed what the problem was, but right. the problem fired everybody but the problem. <laughs> no, I'm fine. It's everybody else that's crazy. 
Dude, I saw this thing the other day, and I'll get all, we'll get back to the movie, the movie here in just a second. But I saw this thing the other day, and it was this dude like put a, an empty bag of charcoal over his head and just fucking shook it around for a minute, and he came out. And obviously, it is a blackface thing. Yeah. And the first comment that I saw was, "Dude, Trudeau's wild." <laughs> <laughs> And of course, every other dumbass on there is just like, I don't understand how this is racist. (laughs) Okay, dog. Conservative Canadians are wild, first of all. Because we're not sitting here making fun of something because they look like somebody else. I'm sorry that I had to draw that line out for you. (laughs) I love people that don't know that they're problematic. (laughs) Am I the drama? Am I the drama? (laughs) So... Uh, Kane is his name and Kane takes a sip of the water and immediately it starts like pooling with blood inside it, presumably from like some kind of gum infection. Um, and he just goes, I don't feel good. (laughs) 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 The scene cuts to him having a seizure and vomiting up blood in the back of this ambulance. Meanwhile, like Natalie Portman standing over or Lena standing over him. Just like, I'm right here. I'm right here. It's okay. He's like, fucking She's like, can't you do anything to help him? I'm like, what the fuck are they gonna do on right. an ambulance right. to make him stop throwing up right. blood? It's like, it's like students, moms. Can't you do anything to help my kid pass school? Yeah, he should turn in his fucking homework and stop <laughs> showing up late. What do you want me to do now? It's the finals. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> We're doomed. Uh, so this is like probably my favorite. I always love the government being the government in movies because. It's real. (laughs) These are things that really happen. This is not like some hyperbolic bullshit for this film. Mm -hmm. And it's six fucking uh, government vans. Mm -hmm. You know what they look Mm -hmm. like. Black. (laughs) Escalades. Armored. Police lights. Everything. So they all start like going up like they cut off two in the back and then one comes up around the side with uh, of the ambulance with one behind it so that they can kind of box it off. Mm-hmm. And this fucking As- ambulance goes from like like 55 to zero in about five feet. <laughs> and it takes in a it takes Arrow. like a 90 degree turn. And I was like, that motherfucker would have jackknife so hard. <laughs> Yeah. That would have been like a final destination flip right. over the escalator. Right. Like that collector shit <laughs> yeah. in the ambulance. Yeah. The one dude strapped in and the other guy's bouncing off the walls like a fucking DVD menu. That <laughs> stagnates for a minute right. and then does it again. He finally hits the corner. Everybody's like, yes. <laughs> Uh, so now we have, you know, the government is obviously doing its extraction and pulling off Kane and Lena mm-hmm. and Lena's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. I fought for this country. The usual mm-hmm. spiel. They don't care that you fought for this country. Well, tranquilizer. <laughs> <laughs> Were you waiting to use that? No, I just said uh, I had it about eight seconds ago and I was like, hang on. I'm going to wait till he finishes. <laughs> I'm just thinking if we've ever tranked a whale. <laughs> i'm pretty sure they just die because they're mammals because they just fucking sink to the bottom of the ocean and die get them up how stop help extricate the whale get the whale uppers (laughs) So, uh, 
so we wake up <laughs> like a week later. <laughs> yeah, we wake up a week later in base, which uh, was called Southern Ridge Area X. Area X. Yep, and I have this in my notes as Lab Jail. Lab Jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the nicest uh, Lab Jail I mm-hmm. ever did see, mm-hmm. um, and it was funny to me because. Like, usually I'm used to, like, people getting treated like absolute shit. Mm -hmm. But this felt very, like, did you ever see uh, Godzilla, God of All Monsters? Mm -hmm. It felt so much like the beginning of that where it just drops you into the world almost immediately Mm -hmm. because they go from, like, so what did your husband tell you? Did you say where he was Mm -hmm. going, where he went, da-da-da-da-da? And, like, so, obviously, uh, walk in uh, Ventress, or Dr. Ventress, who was questioning Lena and pumping her for information to see if she can figure out anything that has happened and conspired with Kane, mm-hmm. um, who is currently in the other room trying mm-hmm. not to die from On fucking life support from yeah. multi. Well, all they put it as was multiple organ failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and somebody said that this was a continuity error, and I just kind of don't feel like it was. Um, they were talking about how. Um, well, I guess it's a spoiler for the end, so I'll go. Yeah, well, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. So, but it's it's one uh, it's. The fact that we find out later that Kane died. Yeah. And we have the clone Kane, right. which honestly, you figure this out by the time that you find out that their cells are duplicating. Pretty much in about 30 minutes. If, yeah. if you didn't put it together, you just didn't put it together because it yeah. was there for you. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyways, uh, they said that it was a continuity error that the the fake or the clone cane wouldn't have had the same discrepancies as the human cane and i don't think that that's true based on what we see at the end of the movie i'm going to dive into that later okay because i also am kind of on the same page with you and i'll explain why yeah, later totally. once we talk yeah, about yeah. the themes and everything yeah, yeah absolutely um so anyways spoiler mm-hmm. um but we get to uh Natalie Portman kind of has this whole runaround where she's meeting uh, Ventress. She's talking to. She's now part of the crew. Mm-hmm. She's talking. And she to, meets the gang. She yeah. She meets Scooby and the gang and finds out that there is going to be an expedition into what has been called the Shimmer. Mm-hmm. So we get the explanation of what is happening to the world and what the Shimmer is doing. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. A little bit? So the Shimmer is um, presumably what appears to be at least when it's introduced as. So the shimmer is at the beginning of the movie. We see what appears to be like an asteroid crashing into Earth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it lands in North Florida, where all shit all happens. kinds of shit goes down <laughs> um, and impacts on a lighthouse. But it doesn't do any physical damage or create audible noise, which is kind of cool to me. And yeah. I don't think that was a sound design choice. I think that was just literally like what we're supposed to be looking at here. Sure. Um, but it's created a dome around the area in which it impacted. That's It's not like the focal point. The lighthouse isn't the focal point. That's the beginning of it, right? That's mm-hmm. like the entrance to the maze, kind of. You know what right. I mean? Right, For lack of a better way of putting it. Um, what's happening inside the Shimmer is that people are going into it and not coming out. So what we're doing from a scientific expedition standpoint is um, sort of gonna go in again (laughs) in spite of what we know to be probably like the most inexplicable and dangerous thing humanity's encountered right Right. so it's like great um ventress is breaking it down further where she says it's gonna keep expanding like forever (laughs) you know so let's go collect some data 
And that's kind of what it is without really getting into what's happening inside mm-hmm. the Shimmer because we'll explain that as we progress through the story. But basically, it's a big dome over a section of North Florida where bad shit goes down <laughs> as far as we're aware right now. Yeah. So we get a ragtag team of all women mm-hmm. because they didn't want anything to get done. All scientists. I'm fucking kidding, by the way. All scientists. <laughs> yeah. They even make a remark about, yeah, every time we send in men, it's always a little militaristic in there. So it's like, (laughs) all right, I got you. Yeah. Let's see how you face the shimmer. Let's see how you fare. Yeah. They went in because Uh they actually wanted stuff to get done. Right. It's that women coffee cup meme. (laughs) Women. (laughs) Um, And I was actually kind of excited for... uh, the cast for the most part because mm-hmm. i i do i i do like gina rodriguez and um uh tuva Novanti mm-hmm. novotny mm-hmm. Novotny ne- is what yeah. i landed on yeah yeah i i've never seen her in anything um, tessa thompson was valkyrie in the mcu no kidding mm-hmm. as well as uh she's in one jane of the, the virgin one of the sherlock holmes things oh if i'm not mistaken too she's kind of higher yes, profile these days that's yeah. what i know yeah, her yeah, yeah. from that's what i know yeah. her from well and valkyrie and valkyrie yeah. <laughs> yep. yep and she's like the smart kind of velma of the team you know what i mean and right. it's very much scooby-doo um anya is the fun lesbian you know <laughs> so the daphne of the team she's <laughs> already hit on natalie portman but i just assume everybody right. does that right natalie portman's <laughs> used to that she in fact she expects it she <laughs> demands rather i got into an argument with one time with somebody about uh the like who was more attractive it was uh natalie portman or um uh kira knightley and Hmm. the girl got my face and she was like first of all i'm fucking gay and i was like (laughs) i don't fucking care second (laughs) of all i'm fucking straight (laughs) thirdly why not both right (laughs) Why are we tearing each other apart? Right. <laughs> um, but it's Natalie Portman. But that's a whole other thing. I was going to say, it just depends on if you like pirates or Star Wars. Because that's that's all we got of both of them for about, you know. I prefer pirates. Right. And I wish Natalie Portman was in that movie. <laughs> Every day I wake up. Jack. H- hoping <laughs> that somebody went back in time and stepped on a butterfly and the only significant change. <laughs> you get Kira Knightley in like Pride and Prejudice, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can put Kira Knightley in Star Wars. That's fine. Okay, I, cool. I don't give yeah. a fuck. Nice. <laughs> it's Star Wars. Yeah. I don't fucking care. <laughs> we wouldn't have gotten to see Natalie Portman in that white Attack of the Clone suit where she like blows her cervix out on that dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that video where it talks about the physics of the force of energy that would have like run through her when she jumped off that pole and landed on that, <laughs> that space rhinoceros. Would have shattered her fucking pelvis and most of her spine. Fucking nerds. I'm talking gigajoules. <laughs> the fuck is a gigawatt? <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Anyhow, you know who knows the answer to that is these fucking scientist girls. Right. Who are, we're now waking up from uh, Natalie Portman having some dream about her getting her back blown out. Yeah. Which I I gotta tell you, and we'll get more into this towards the end. I actually don't like the concept of that arc, and I don't think it was A, necessary. Mm-hmm. And I also think that that was something that needed a very significant fucking timestamp on. Yeah. Because he, here's, because... 
You know what? I'm just going to fucking get because into it. Because it's not Oscar Isaac that she's fucking. Well, so here's my thing, man, is like we don't know whether he is actively whether she is actively cheating on Oscar Isaacs or if he's been gone for eight months and she's trying to fucking feel something again. Well, and that's kind of where my head goes. Um, The point being, as we explore, we'll explore this later. I know what you're talking about. The thing, my criticism of this arc is that it happens entirely too many times throughout the movie. It could have been the same shot. It could have been handled in one 90 second scene. Yeah. And that would have shaved off probably 10 minutes of this movie because we come (laughs) back to this a lot. And it's, it's, it's serving as a vehicle to drive the point of the movie home. Sure. So I disagree in the sense that I believe it is necessary, but the context of it is completely arbitrary. We could have exercised the point in a hundred different ways. <laughs> you know what I mean? This being what it is, is just what we landed on. I guess that's how, maybe that's how it was in the book. I don't know. Maybe he was trying to be faithful or loyal to the book, faithful uh, to the book. <laughs> So you mean whatever the one he didn't reread before yeah. writing, <laughs> yeah, <this>. that one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she cheats on him, <laughs> like a lot. It's all in one night, but it's right. a lot. <laughs> so moving forward, essentially, what happens is Lena decides to go in because she feels like there may be something inside the Shimmer that can help her help her husband. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why she joins the Avengers here. Cut to. I think it was. Well, maybe it was guilt. Again, we don't know because we don't have a I think fuck. it was guilt. But, I, I, I believe that she felt responsible because what we'll talk about at the end. Sure. Because I agree it's guilt. 100%. Sure. But my problem is, is I can't say that definitively because they didn't fucking timestamp this. Right. Or put appropriate dialogue to tell me yeah. what the fuck was going yeah. on with that situation. Mm-hmm. Or. Or more importantly, when it was happening, because that completely if you're going to put something that is supposed to be that changing to like the concept of the storyline, expand on it in a meaningful way. Well, I need to be able to have the interpretation and I can't do that. Because You're for giving the us these scraps. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Maybe she's just fucking feeling empty inside. So she needed to get filled up, you know. Maybe her marriage was fucking loveless, and we don't know that sure. because of because we don't have a fucking timeline. Right, right. <laughs> it's all it's all interpreted, and I think that that's by design. I say that tongue in cheek because I also acknowledge that that's a lazy way to tell a story is to leave yeah. it up to the audience to pick and choose what they want to be true about your story and what's not. You know what I mean? But again, and that's, that's not storytelling. <laughs> that's also kind of the point of this movie, in my opinion. It's again, I I say that I say that with a huge fucking asterisk right beside that. You know what I mean? So it's cool. Um, but we cut to act two. We are now approaching the shimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, Ventress leads the gals in, and they one by one cross over this like really cool. What reminded me of like um, from no a, protective gear. Yeah, just no fucking like raw dog. Raw dog. Yeah, we're raw dog in the shimmer. Um, <laughs> what reminded me of? Did you ever like growing up have those big bubble trays where you would put the giant wand in there and make those big ass long bubbles and stuff like that? But sure. It, yeah. It has that sort of pearlescence that kind of greasiness to it or whatever that's what that looks like from an outside Mm -hmm. standpoint it's like reflected refracted light and that kind of thing making prismatic color schemes and shit like that so i thought that was really interesting from a design standpoint i thought that came across very effectively um as they enter everybody we cut we suddenly cut to the scene you're talking about with her getting her back blown out and then she wakes up in a tent 
completely disoriented um, and everybody is outside kind of like checking rations and sort of like Fonzie slapping their electronics to make them work and shit like that. And everybody else is like, hey, you're finally awake. You were trying to cross the border, weren't you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's like <laughs> First time. <laughs> right. No, I'm not a rebel. <laughs> but the thing is, based on the rations that are now that are available to them and based off of like a couple of other factors, they've been there awake asleep for three or four days. Right. None of them remember a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is already like, all right, that's when I leave. I don't care what's <laughs> at stake. If we got 20 years until this thing duplicates to the point that it surrounds the earth, that's 20 years of my life that I'm not giving away for this shit. You know? <laughs> I'm not dying for this. Looks like I'm moving to Newfoundland. <laughs> it's as far away from, <laughs> from Florida as I'm willing to be. <laughs> so <laughs> So that's what it is. Who the fuck sneaks into Russia? <laughs> right. No. Yeah. I'm not going to live in fucking Norway or anything. You know what I mean? Iceland's cool. I do Iceland. I just don't speak their language. I feel like that would be a hell on earth in and of itself. It's fine. They speak yours. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so they get oriented. They do that really cool thing where we learned this in Scouts. You were in Scouts, right? Yeah. Okay. So they did that thing where our... Get your watch, hour hand towards the sun, and divide by two the the distance between mm-hmm. like the hour hand and the number hand now, and that's south, right? right. Is kind of and so that's really that's one of those things for me where it's like, all right, cool, yeah, we're oriented. <laughs> and I was like, but what sun? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Because we don't we don't actually know how the shimmer envelops, like mm-hmm. if it's a dome or if it's just a wall. Mm-hmm. It, but or perhaps like a ward yeah kinda, you know what i yeah, mean yeah exactly like and a it, patronus <laughs> my patronus is a shimmer <laughs> it's just someone licking a butthole it's the gayest patronus ever. <laughs> <laughs> my patronus is fucking elton john it's, it's not pa- elton john it's, it's fucking elton john <laughs> it's just a pair of glasses floating <laughs> it reflects the spells <laughs> You have a very unique Patronus. <laughs> oh, shit. I almost said something offensive. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's 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 kind of what's going on here. They maneuver their way through the foliage, the, the flora and the fauna and stuff like that. And they come across this. I guess it's like a boathouse. It's Florida. Is it I'm, one of those like just dock I'm pr- houses? I'm pretty sure what it actually was was a uh, double wide okay. that got sunk into whatever geoforming mm-hmm. happened. So it's a middle-class property in North Florida is what you're telling me. No, it's still poverty. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Even if- <laughs> <laughs> it's how rich people live in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and... You know, that's when I was like I was talking about earlier where they have like all of these beautiful flowers that are really just like Michael super glued together. <laughs> they look like a set from Wizard of Oz or something like that. Where oh, they're, yeah. You know, and now we have yellow flowers, the yellowest Maximus. They're just like layering them together so that when the light goes through them, they'll change colors kind right. of shit. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like good on them. Like it, it did look good. And I actually this was my favorite aesthetic of mm-hmm. the whole movie was actually right here. As far as like the landscaping was mm-hmm. concerned, I really enjoyed this because it felt like a bright swamp, which you mm-hmm. don't really ever see. Mm-hmm. Like there was, I guess, sunshine or refracted light mm-hmm. around it and like all of these bright, beautiful flowers. And there's like dryads and like, you know, squirrels are singing in the trees <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. And they go inside or, um, 
sorry uh was it uh anya that goes inside no it's uh josie oh so josie mm-hmm. goes inside think and- josie velma right gotcha <laughs> and remember anya's the fun lesbian <laughs> they're all the fun lesbian <laughs> Uh, so Josie is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Butterfly kisses. <laughs> so Josie, uh, uh, yeah, Josie comes out of the double wide, and she's just like, "Yeah, I don't think there's anything in here. It's really crazy." The whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it was so fucking slapstick. Because like as soon as she started talking, back. <laughs> it was the cinematography that gave it away too. Like it was, it was just so fucking like teed up. It- you remember when Miss Laura dies in Django? Okay, so jumping back into it, we had a big edit break here, so fuck you. Um, but <laughs> one of the things before we move on to what got Josie here, right. I want to talk about the thing. Right, <laughs> I want to talk about. Um, what's happening with these flowers one more time because what Lena identifies is that these flowers are different species but they're growing from the same plant which Mm -hmm. is fucking impossible that's just not how that works right (laughs) and so that's your first like taste of what's to come that's Mm -hmm. all I was gonna say so Josie gets taken (laughs) by what by a giga gator (laughs) they call it later like she got taken down by a 60 meter gator I was like they're talking about like some attack on titan numbers yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the cart gator <laughs> and, and it was just so funny to me because i made a crack earlier when we were watching this movie about it just turning shit albino <laughs> and that's what my thing is so for my pokemon fans out there everything that exists in here is a shiny okay <laughs> a shimmer if you a will. shimmer <laughs> i have the shimmer pokemon that's right. like <laughs> So, anyways, Fraligator <laughs> right. is albino and fucking like pedodile. <laughs> so, um, this was the craziest shit to me. Was um, Josie keeps mm-hmm. getting pulled under the water, and of course, Lena jumps in because Lena's our he- our, our heroine. Uh, this is our plot armor character. Yeah. yeah. Um, as we know, not by timestamps, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> but sure. She she jumps in and she saves Josie and she pulls her out. Um, I don't know how many of you and I know the people that are listening that live in Florida already know this. Mm-hmm. Um, it just be like that. <laughs> yeah, but a, a gator attack is not just like oh I keep getting pulled o- under like a shark attack. Right. Mm-hmm. No, when a gator gets you, you get rolled. You get death rolled. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get rolled real quick. And there was no like. It you better l- pray it doesn't grab you by the backpack and just kills you quickly. She looked like <laughs> uh, when you're fishing and you have like a bobber. I've I've used one a little bit, not now because I'm an adult. You know, right. I fish like a man. Yeah. <laughs> or my non-binary bros out here, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she was literally just like bobbing. Like it yeah, wasn't right. like the like when the when the gator came out of the house, by the way, it didn't come out of the water. It mm-hmm. came out on the strut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of these women are armed with semi-automatic weapons right. and everyone's just like staring at it. 
point being, remember how they were making fun of the men for being militaristic <laughs> and their strategy were in there? All right, so we got one army vet here seven years, and she goes into, like, fucking combat mode. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? She's like... You just see this gloss over <laughs> Natalie Portman's right. eyes. Crouch, aim down sight, hit the critical hit zone. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's charging open mouth, right? Everybody oh, yeah. knows that a gator's had the distance from the top, like, the roof of their mouth to the top of their mm-hmm. head is approximately, like, five and a half, six inches, right? Right. You know, it's a giga gator, but you know, <laughs> and, and gators are inherently already armored creatures. Right. So you want to hit that soft spot, right? Yeah. So she knows. Don't just shoot it in the fucking back, like <laughs> like um, what's her name? Not Josie. Um, Anya is yeah. doing, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's like, "Shit, it's not working." <laughs> and then her gun just jams. She's like, right. Fuck. Right. <laughs> she falls. It's the shimmer. It's jamming my gun. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. My bullets are organic. <laughs> my magazine is assimilating with my stock. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have bought vegan bullets. <laughs> my M16's assimilating. <laughs> so, anyhow. Uh, so she, uh, so Anya falls back into right. one of the boat ports that is around yeah, this marsh. And that's, that's that's why outside. I was confused yeah, about yeah. what the actual function of this structure was because yeah, it's yeah. just Florida shit. Yeah, exactly. So ultimately, uh, Natalie Portman winds up doing a couple pop shots because mm-hmm. again, she is mili- she is militantly trained. Mm-hmm. She knows what you're supposed to use for diversionary tactics. So she does a couple pop shots mm-hmm. of the gator just to get its attention. Mm-hmm. So probably ga- aim near the eyes or the ground near the eyes and that kind of thing. So yeah. it sees where the strike is coming from. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So the gator turns its head and open mouth runs at it. And this is the first look that we get. And this is, Again, another form of showing the augmentations that the shimmer is putting on. Right. Because as it turns out, it's not just the fact that the gator's white now. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> he has multiple. With ten- a 401k. Right. And, like- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and health care. <laughs> <laughs> That's a DeSantis gator. That's it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He, he reads unbanned books exclusively. <laughs> um, so, but you see those layers of concentric rows, concentric yeah. rows, as well as like the worm throat with mm-hmm. like that fucking um, what what's it called? The scarlet pit is yes. what I always compare yeah. it to in Return of the Jedi, where it's just a hole with some teeth, and that's all that you need to know. Oh. <laughs> it's it's al- also your mom's vagina. I was gonna say it's also teeth. Right. So. <laughs> Great movie. Watch it if you uh, like having a penis. <laughs> right. So she takes some samples. That's kind of all that really happens. There's some incidental chit chat, some idle chit chat. We have another uh, flashback to the interrogation where um, we started the movie with her and Lomax, and she mm-hmm. is talking about um, what we discovered as we were like sample or where we were, you know, researching these samples and things that we were taking was that the cells weren't just doing mitosis shit. It was like duplicating. It was like it was creating an original cell as well as a shimmer cell along Uh with everything, which implies a heightened level of cell regeneration and things like that. So probably like we're talking healing factor with a lot of this shit. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking um, cloning ability with a lot of this shit and stuff like that. And so we're starting to sort of piece together the puzzle at this point. Um so we come across the former team's base. There's more chit chat about what's going on. I don't know if you yeah. picked up anything in the paragraphs of dialogue that were happening. It's all great dialogue, but it really is just them essentially trying to figure yeah. out what's going on is all that's happening at this point. Um, so we come across the team that went in prior, which I guess is like an abandoned prison is what it felt it, like. Cause it was like a cafeteria or something where they ended up. It was a yeah. big open room with a bunch of like long tables and chairs, but and there stuff. was defensive fencing or mm-hmm. not, or sorry, offensive fencing. 
sensing. Right. Because it was yeah. like all like I don't think it was coiled mm-hmm. like the razor wire and shit that you get at modern prisons, mm-hmm. but it was definitely like a prison vibe with an outpost, and that's what they were taking turns checking during mm, the night. 100%, which is a good spot to set up in an unknown territory. That's kind yeah. of a God's gift kind of moment. Yeah. Really. <laughs> okay, we've got a base with a you know wall circling around us that has right. defensive... You that's know. why season three of Walking Dead was so sick, right. was they had the prison. <laughs> right. So, um, essentially, this is where the last team fell. Mm-hmm. More or less, this is where they were overrun by whatever they were dealing with. Because we started seeing some familiar names, mm-hmm. some stuff like uh, Kane, for instance, <laughs> uh, my not dead husband mm. that I've cheated on multiple times, <laughs> you know, and things like that. Um, it's important to note that Lena has not let her team know, save for Ventress, that that is her husband. So what right. Ventress finds, along with a couple of other things that are indicating that they lived here for quite some time. Um, is a recorded tape in a um, in a sous vide with a <laughs> with a note written on the outside that says "For those who follow," which is interesting to me because mm-hmm. when you know you're not going to make it, <laughs> that's how shit like that pops up. You know what I mean? If they had confidence in their survival ability, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> so, and we know this because when Velma pops it into her camera and plays it back, um, we see Kane. And his team, and they're holding this dude against a wall and carving. They're like taking off like the the dermis, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> That's just all of the skin layers and everything yeah. down through the muscles into the uh, where you see the intestines. Mm-hmm. And the guy's intestines are moving like snake coils. Yeah, right. There, there's clear motion. It's yeah. not something moving through them. They are moving. Yeah, and moving in the sense of like how a carousel would move or yeah. actually more so how a pulley system would move yeah. and they're just moving in opposite directions and it is so volatile mm-hmm. like it is so fucking crazy mm-hmm. to watch and what fucked me up was they had a moment where they're like guys we're already spending the money on this we need right. to go ahead and use the effect oscar isaac's character Kane takes his hand after gutting open the stomach of one of his comrades and sticks his hand underneath one of the intestines. See? It's, it's not even See? An, yeah, it's See? not even an intestine. It's whatever fucking weird... Has, like, taken over the body, uh, right? Yeah, because yeah, it just felt like a snake coiling in and on itself, and I was just saying, like, oh, God. Uh, uh, <clears throat> right. Uh, <laughs> Everybody else feels the same way that you do, right? In fact... um, Anya is like, cool. I guess we know what happened to the team that left. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, no. There was something to that. Well, then you fucking watch it, Then I'm not going to do this. Um, as they explore the room a little bit more, they see the pool that's like all, you know, it's got the base layer of water or whatever. I just feel like people do that for algae. Um, sure. But, but the... Um, I did it all for the algae. The crazy part <laughs> was this shit that was against the wall. Oh, yeah. And so they identify that this is not only where the person was gutted, but this is where that person died. Because you see the explosion mm-hmm. of body parts and bones and things against the wall that have also been overrun with this colorful sort of floral moss. Mm-hmm. It's an unidentified. It's not real. But it's some kind of plant substance that's holding these body parts to the wall. And it's kind of like, okay, so... I- well, whatever was inside him is clearly like a plant-based sort of organism yeah. kind of thing and it's grown out of his body and popped him you know what i mean as his body lay there over time <laughs> and that kind of shit so here's my first question or here my only question in this scene the degradation of a human or i guess the composting maybe what what's the word i'm looking for of a human body over time how long would that have taken 
to get to skull mode. Here's the part that we don't understand. Right. Is the variable of... So the stuff that came out of him mm-hmm. was alive. Mm-hmm. Which means that it was feeding. Mm-hmm. So if it was feeding on his decaying body... We're talking however long it takes you to eat human flesh off his body as this uh, organism. Yeah, that, right, yeah, that, yeah. That's what okay, I'm saying. It's yeah. like, I, I really don't think we can gauge that. Because okay. that's like... Okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. For all mm-hmm. I know, they their decomposers just like fucking mushrooms. It reminded like, me of the dinner table at the Lost Boys hideout in Hook. <laughs> <laughs> From a color palette standpoint, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yep. Can you envision <laughs> po- probably the greatest meal of the 1990s anybody's <laughs> ever had in film was the Lost Boys dinner. Um, so that's what <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> Pastelli kind of, you know. Souffles everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and cake. Yeah, and f- f- Rufio. Right. You are the pan. You- <laughs> <laughs> My man was rocking a dual mohawk. Right, I do double mohawk. <laughs> so when I watched this movie for the first time, this is what I was going to say about this scene: is that I had a moment where I was just so uh, enraptured by this design that mm-hmm. I just paused it and looked at it for an honest forty-five minutes. Yeah. I just left it on the screen and just pondered my existence. I had that's a, what it was. I had a pretty visceral reaction to this, Be, not not because of anything negative, but it was it hit me so hard. And it will probably stay in my brain for a long time in the same way of it is an anime movie that I've never learned the name Mm of. And it was uh, it was one it was in the golden age of Toonami. I'm sitting there playing Legos and I remember looking up and there was this scene where like this shark creature alien thing was on like this uh, aircraft carrier style ship. Uh, flying through space and everything's like rustic copper Mm -hmm. skies and shit Mm -hmm. like that and it comes down into his face and he's just screaming no and it cuts to the next scene I'm describing this because I want somebody to fucking tell me what this fucking movie was Um, but there is this beautiful scene that has resonated with me throughout my entire life and this imagery really hit the same way and it was from what i can remember and again i was probably like eight when i saw this and you know busy playing legos Mm -hmm. um but i remember looking up and there was this beautiful girl who was arguing with this scientist and he's explaining something to her and she's threatening to jump off the cliff that they're standing on and instead she raises her hand And she turns into a tree and like a berry fucking pops out underneath of where her armpit would Mm -hmm. be. And it was just this crazy, Mm -hmm. like visceral, organic scene that was really what I got out of this. This was the this was the craziest apex for me in this entire movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm even comparing that to the end. Right. I mean, like. Just that visual hit me so fucking mm-hmm. hard. I don't think it's a Miyazaki movie, but that's how Miyazaki movies hit. Yeah. You know no, I mean? it was yeah. definitely not lighthearted yeah, yeah, yeah. at yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These people were at war. <laughs> uh-huh. I want to figure out this shit, and if somebody listening knows what we're talking about, please message John. P- please, please Scratch tell me. <laughs> this fucking 25-year itch that he's oh my had. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know yeah. at this point. Yeah. I just want to know. Because I just want to see the scene. I don't even care about the fucking movie. I, know, I just, it's I, fucking I just crazy. see what you're talking about. Yep. But it was, it, it's a weird kind of, uh, 
kind of uh, foundation, I suppose, for what we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. Um, the concept of humanity being inessential to the progress of nature. Right. You know what I mean? And that's sort of one of those like tip of the iceberg themes of this movie. And we see this echoed probably for like the first or second time. It's going to come hit home really hard here in a minute right. about what, what that represents and everything. Um, but yeah, it was that was an awesome shot and an awesome mm-hmm. just special effect design. Whoever did that mural body paint, whatever the fuck that was, that Everything. was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, I'm going to move on if you don't have anything else for that oh, sequence. Oh, yeah, no. Okay, so night falls on the Citadel, and um, we make our way to the outpost where Ventress is keeping watch over her flock by night, and... Um, it's Lena who is coming to sort of ask her, you know, some questions. Hey, why aren't you asleep? Cause I can't, cause this is fucking mental and I can't sleep, you know, and everybody else is on fucking sedatives, you know? <laughs> you know? Um, so she explains, Ventress explains how, um, this is a, uh, philosophical thing, a philosophical theme of this movie, but also just in general, um, this is a Sigmund Freud. I should have looked up what this is called ahead of time. I want to call it the darkness drive. Okay. But it's like a Sigmund Freud idea that humans are um, compelled to self-destruct and self-harm mm-hmm. and things like that and to like impede their progress right. through life or off themselves or whatever. It's literally the theme of the movie that You know what I mean? It's kind right of the now. idea that this is an exclusively human experience because humans can't ever achieve their potential as humans. And so they find in their inadequacy that the best way out is just to take themselves out. Right. And so they seek things like destruction and murder. That's why, even though we have no reason to kill each other as a species, we do on the hour by hour basis as a species, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and that's kind of the backbone of what annihilation is. Kind of, it gets explained mm-hmm. in this scene that this is a, an idea that humans are constantly, that's why we're in this shimmer in the first time, we're driven to our doom, mm-hmm. right? That's something that, it's an impulse, it's not a decision. It's why we break up with people that are fine, that that aren't doing anything wrong. We just create problems in our heads and in relationships. It's why we leave jobs that are paying us enough to get by and pay our bills and that kind of thing, because we want more. So we self destroy and self-mutilate to the point that we sort of lose ourselves in that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's all that happens in that conversation, but Am that's I a really... Drama? Right, that's a really <laughs> important point to make to establish what happens later on. Mm-hmm. The most significant thing that happens in the scene is a fucking dire bear gets <laughs> shepherded by the face <laughs> and drags her off into the darkness. <laughs> and we're talking a giga bear. Yeah, no, A mega pint. Yeah, this, uh, this thing had evolved to stage three. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Ursa ring over here. Yeah, everyone just kind of like runs out to the edge of the barricade. It was just like the barricade. uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) runs out to the edge of the barricade and is like, um, so I think she's gone. Yeah, (laughs) it was like, oh, right, fuck, and they're like, I guess we're gonna go to bed. (laughs) Cut to morning, and Anya's like, I want to go home. I bet you do. Yeah, and there's a lot of that, like, there's a lot of that kind of, um, she's got a ton of footage, we've got a ton of samples, we can bring this back and collect this, which is the logical response. Psychologist bitch, you know, um, <laughs> Ventress over here is like, all we have is stuff that's going to make this inexplicable event even more explicable, yeah, or even less explicable, yeah. right? And it's like, that doesn't track for me. I'm sorry. I feel like you've got plenty of anecdotal evidence, certainly, but like physical hard, this is what we've totally. witnessed and that kind of thing shit to know that this ain't cool. We can go home and regroup and maybe bring a hundred more people into this shit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? 
so it's just one of those sequences for me. I, I will say to to the point that they make and that Ventress makes that um, Lena also backs up is the fact that they're six days in mm-hmm. and they're two days from the lighthouse. From the lighthouse, which is the source of all of this. Which so you just so you guys know because you don't have the map in front of you. This so the lighthouse, like Eric said at the beginning, is ground zero for mm-hmm. this. But it doesn't grow out diametrically. It grows out almost like a flame because it's back. The light, the back, or like a of, plant, it spreads. You well, know, yeah, y- yes. Yeah. But more so, what I'm saying is like it. Its back is to the ocean, mm-hmm. and the shimmer for some reason doesn't care. It's a freshwater about it. shimmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I Riley Reed, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Don't quote it. 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 You don't have to worry about it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's Uh, a vibe. Yeah, it it is a vibe. Um, Y'all should just go watch that video. Just just search Riley Reed rapping. You'll know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But that was also for... Kill number, kill number one. one. Kill number fucking. I guess because like again with the dog, time, she got mutilated. But I'm I'm talking about like from a time progression standpoint. I don't know what kill number one is. You know what I mean? It's I get, it's just it's one of those things. That's all I'm saying. I, I call it her. Okay, cool. Personally, she gets fucking rocked by this bear. She got um, her. She she got she got her throat released. <laughs> Lena decides to actually go out alone and research this. The team is going to hang mm-hmm. back and that kind of thing. And she finds Shepard's body. Um, notably, the vocal cords are missing. Naturally. So that's that's kind of one of those like that's the first thing I eat. That's too. that's our mark that moment here. Uh, she comes back to the team and confirms that they're killed. So. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. If you would like to be able to support us, some of the best ways to do that are by leaving us a review, preferably a good one, on whatever streaming service you are listening to right now. That helps our algorithm and boosts us in, as well as liking or pre-saving our episodes. If you would like to be able to support us directly, the best way to do that is by joining our Patreon. The lowest price at $3 a month, which gives you access to commercial free exclusive interviews bonus episodes and a plethora of other things we definitely have other uh, standard levels as well however that is in fact the cheapest and easiest way to help us so thank you guys so much for listening today either way thank you for the support if you'd like to know anything that's coming up event wise for us make sure to follow us on instagram at under the floorboards five again that's under the floorboards five and check out our patreon at patreon.com backslash under the floorboards see you there enjoy the show they move into what is my personal favorite sequence from this movie is what i'm going to call the field of human flowers okay okay so what yeah. this is go ahead oh no no, no. Yeah. i i wasn't going to comment on that i was just agreeing with okay you. sick okay so this is where i start getting unnerved in this movie because everything up to this point is just sci-fi goodness and everything is awesome when we move into the field of human flowers we see these like dryad like creatures these sort of like ints of the forest Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it um plant plants shaped like humans they're um immobile they don't they're not they're alive but they're not like you know animated um 
And what uh, Velma <laughs> identifies is that they are a product of not the 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 like the the shimmer is what's creating this, obviously, but they're not a product of their DNA. They're a product of the shimmer's effect on DNA. What mm-hmm. she identifies as key to this is I'm not. 100% of this it, reflection is when you reflect light back to the source mm-hmm. and refraction is when you bend the light and create a new angle with yes. it, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so the shimmer is refracting DNA. Mm-hmm. It's a refracting everything that is organic and living to a cellular level within the shimmer and causing it to change its angle, effectively rendering the possibilities for expansion for all living organisms within this thing limitless, right? Sure. So what she's... It's ident- a little Marvel science it for is me. A little Marvel science. I agree with that because that's not again. That's not possible. I mean, we're talking about an alien influence. I still on, like the concept on, a lot. Right. Okay. So what what they are um, hijacking are these Hox genes from other organisms. Mm-hmm. And what a Hox gene is, I don't know if this is a real thing or not, but this is how it explains in the movie um, is the. Um, kind of the structure of what the DNA creates over time as the mm-hmm. cells expand and grow and the body itself is formed. So it's these flowers that have hijacked Hox genes, presumably from dead bodies that are buried underground. Mm-hmm human bodies so this is a half plant half human living organism or whatever like these little echoes or these little duplications of these people that used to be here and it's great from a visual standpoint it's kind of like i even in my head i'm like this is what heaven might look like this might be what it looks like this extension of life beyond life and that kind of thing as kind Mm -hmm. of a, a memorial to the way things used to be until you realize that you're over a playground And so you have a lot of, you sort of piece it together and you're realizing these are children, these are parents, these are, you know, Mm -hmm. all these things. So what happened at this playground? You know what I mean? They're also all relatively fresh. It was right outside of a Catholic church. Which to me implies that when the um, shimmer hit, that these people that were within the radius, not a radius, but within the area of effect of this thing, were consumed the same way that everybody who has entered it were consumed too. Mm-hmm. Does that, are you kind of following me with that? Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm that, following that it. That means I, that this is like a relatively recent thing, that these are people whose families still don't know where they are, that perhaps they've been missing for a year a lot like a cane has for Lena outside of the Shimmer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what's so haunting about this is because it kind of becomes an elephant graveyard. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's fucking creepy to me. So that's where my skin starts crawling a little bit. And Everything we establish, the sunlight shimmers on is yours. And it's like uh, one um, reviewer, I was reading his article, and one reviewer described it as a bad Wi-Fi signal coming out from the source of the lighthouse. The the closer it is to the lighthouse, the more dramatic the mutations are, as we'll right. talk about here in a minute, with like glass trees being formed out of sand and things like mm-hmm. that. But you also have farther away... It's it's just a big albino gator. You know what I mean? Like to the, near the near the entrance of the show. You know what I mean? And, and the werebear. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Like they're they're mutations, but they're not mutations. Muta- they're not like un imperceptible the way that like the ending of the movie the final source of everything is just like you can't you can't conceptualize that right um so i adore this scene but this is one of those reasons why i think when people think about why is this movie a horror movie well they think about the scene that we're going to talk about next when they make it to the house and we have the whole now that we hit the climax basically but this is so unsettling to me 
because this is that echo of what we were talking about previously about how your sense of self-identity is as fragile as you allow it to be. Mm -hmm. And if you let yourself slip, you will absolutely slip into that darkness and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that's what not that's I I think we're touching on nihilism a little bit of meaninglessness and things in the grand scheme. You know, (laughs) there you go. A hundred percent. And that's just a really slippery slope for a guy that was blitzed out of his mind when he watched this for the first time and struggling to keep his bills paid. You know what I mean? To like think about how your existence is uh, meaningless and the grand scheme of the course of all things in nature. And yet you hold yourself in such a high regard as a self-aware creature on this earth and things like that. Totally. And yet there are still these things within this realm that will continue taking pieces of you forever yeah. until there's nothing left essentially. So that's frightening to me. Um, did you want to talk about the field of flowers, of uh, human flowers? Um, honestly, not really. Like, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, like I think you covered it all. I, I think that it was a cool concept. Stuff like that to me is, not really unsettling Mm -hmm. you know and i your words exactly where this is the nice part of the dark souls game yeah (laughs) it's still a dark souls game but this is the nice pretty part yeah yeah um the only thing i will say about it was i really did enjoy on that same note like it felt very uh like midsummer color coloration Mm -hmm. which i did really enjoy i i do like the premise very june yeah Yeah. I, i like the premise of uh horror-esque ideas taking place during the day Mm -hmm. and it's not shrouded by night and it's just like in front of your face Mm -hmm. and you could just kind of have to deal with it and this movie did a really good job of that and that scene i think specifically really kind of drove that point Mm -hmm. home because like yeah you ran into a gator during the day you were walking around during the day Mm -hmm. this was like that that whole sentiment kind of came together in one fell swoop Mm -hmm. which i thought which i did think was really cool and i did really enjoy but this next scene is really what kind of pulled it together so we make our way to a house Mm-hmm. And it's a house we're very familiar with because we see um, meticulously arranged photos at the base of a staircase, mm-hmm. which we've seen already. And the things same like that. gaudy staircase. Right. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and it, uh, from, from my second, I didn't pick it up until the second time I watched it, but it looks a hell of a lot like Lena's house. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh-huh. 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 Right. Um, beautiful open floor plan. Uh, <laughs> this house will be Great available. Bones. <laughs> there is a shimmer outside, right. but it's still going to be about $400,000 <laughs> in this economy. They're banking on the shimmer, like augmenting the home and turning it into <laughs> like a, like, a mansion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of a fixer upper, but. <laughs> <laughs> great for gardeners (laughs) um but we start to see the mental degradation of uh anya very quickly um in this scene specifically because she looks at her hands and it's something that i did think that this was kind of cool because it was something that you commented on while we were watching the movie um but because she makes the comment later that her fingerprints were moving in front of her but when we see her looking down at her hands and her eyes are like very bloodshot and glossed mm. over when she looks back up at the Haven't camera. Haven't slept without a sedative in three weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when we look at her hands, mm-hmm. there's no augmentation. Nothing moves. Nothing changes. Mm-hmm. But she like we feel that she is seeing right. it. And that's a moment of playing with the audience that I do like mm-hmm. because you kind of had to catch that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like 
this giant fucking roundabout of playing with both the mm-hmm. character and ourselves. Right. It was it, again, like that's that's a good way to lay that out, and that was a part to me that was really fucking good storytelling, mm-hmm. and why I really like this scene a lot too. A hundred percent, and it's that it because it invites that question of Are you crazy, or is this <laughs> yes. not? You know what I mean? You know, and that, that that's kind of what we're playing at here. Um, at night, this is the the big one for me. This is where we know we've slipped past the point of no return. Is Lena um, takes a sample of her own blood. And puts it on a petri tray and puts it under the microscope and realizes that her cells, her blood cells, are actively cl- not not splitting but cloning mm-hmm. themselves. And the shimmery blood cell is very cl- clearly the shimmery blood cell. So she has whatever she's touched, whatever she's been influenced by or affected by, whatever the circumstances are, she is in the process of re- re- duplicating herself at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's. F- it's weird how that kind of manifests itself because it feels like everyone has been affected by this completely differently. And, and I feel like that's n- what would happen naturally in a situation like this. Yeah, because it's either the duplication or, as we'll see here in a minute, it's very symbiotic, mm-hmm. which is 100%. also really fucking which weird. Which would be necessary for cells to grow. There would have yeah. to be that kind of relationship. I mean, you think about the way like a virus attacks a host differently because of 100 million different considerations right. in their DNA and in their <laughs> genetics and in their overall health and things like that. Mm-hmm. So why would the same not be true with a, a symbiotic host that's trying to benefit right. both the host and itself, you know? Right. So <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of cool. And I, I love the science in here cause it's just believable enough. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> well, almost. Yeah. So that that's why I said that it was like Marvel style right, science, right, right, as right. opposed to like DC style mm-hmm. science. Because DC style science, I'm like, okay, I can, I can, I can almost taste. Yeah, yeah. What you're trying to yeah. do, whereas Marvel's just like, I don't know, man. Lightning struck the ground, and now there's fucking space invaders, mm-hmm. and that's just yeah. like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, their yeah. whole science. Yeah, right, right, one hundred percent. Um, this this definitely so, did a, did a more teetering line. I was going to say, say that. <laughs> so she goes to sleep. She wakes up, and Anya is standing over her with a gun pointed to her face, and goes, uh, "Shut the or like answer me when I'm talking to you." And then, just, the fuck and then just hits her with the butt of the gun and knocks her out again, <laughs> which is already awesome. She's like the bully in high school. She's like Claire Huxtable. Anytime <laughs> Vanessa fucks up in the hu- You shut up when I'm talking to you. You better answer me when I'm talking to you, girl. You shut the fuck up when you're talking to me. Right. Um, Look me in the eyes when I stare at you. And of course, she's losing it. Her eyes are getting like definitely worse. Mm-hmm. Everybody wakes up in a room. We're tied to chairs. We're tied to chairs. <laughs> and... She just starts spewing this fucking crazy rhetoric, mm-hmm. right? Because it's <laughs> it's sh- it's shit that's like she found like the locket yeah. that I here here was my thing about the locket. Um, that was never brought up in this movie. Was it why would she all. feel curious enough to look at a locket around another human's neck who has bared no significance to the you know mission that's at this point? Saying, yeah, I didn't even know Natalie Portman had the fucking locket right. on. Right. That's how far, like, that's right. how far removed this concept right. was. They do talk about it. Her and Shepard talk about the locket earlier. Oh, okay. On the boat, I will say that that okay. it's it's mentioned at the very least, okay. but it's still it's still a lazy way to find out that somebody is not telling you all the truth. And not to mention the fact that that information is so insignificant. Like 
it's not like one of those things where like you know in the grand scheme of things we really need to be dealing with the bigger objective right now it's like this actually doesn't have to do with fucking anything correct she's like i don't know about all this but i do know that lena's a liar (laughs) i'm just like oh she mm-hmm. is crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, just where we're at with it now. A hundred percent. And that's all that it really amounts to. What you do here is a help me. Mm-hmm. Help me. And it is an exact replica of Shepard's mm-hmm. voice. So Anya does that thing where she get my gun, go check it out, which is your first mistake is running out into this motherfucker like by yourself yeah. at night. First mistake. You immediately hear. Just untie everybody. Yeah, I know. You immediately hear the bear growl. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck. Okay, got it. Right. You hear some screaming. You Get hear- the fuck off my right. expo window. Right. <laughs> you, the bear enters the room. Right. Um, and so this is Kermie. not. <laughs> Kermy. This is not the bear that we know and love from the beginning, who is just a albino giga bear. Are this you is, sure? This is a skeletal. For those people that weren't picking up on what I what my emoji reference was, which apparently nobody did, um, so this is a skeleton bear that is the most horrifying, greatest use of like CGI effects on an animal ever mm-hmm. to make something truly menacing, visceral, terrifying, and like relentlessly tension building mm-hmm. because of what it implies. Because the thing about bears. I thought you were going to answer. <laughs> uh, they molest people. I don't know. This like... bear molests people. Okay, exactly. This <laughs> exactly is what I was the thinking. bear. <laughs> right. No, I bears are honestly like I'll talk about the where where bears mm-hmm. are dicks. Yeah, normal bears just don't fuck with them oh the way this thing fucked me up the first time i saw it because all the while while it's exploring the room and and uh lena's like don't react no matter what happens don't fucking react don't breathe too hard you know (gasps) right (laughs) it's opening its mouth and kind of snarling and sniffing but every time it opens its mouth you hear help me help Mm -hmm. help it hurts and things like that right Mm um and while it's maneuvered its way around to the front of the audience as they're facing, because that's another thing that I think is really powerful to this scene. They don't know what it is until it maneuvers around them. Right. All they can do is hear it and sort of probably smell it a little bit. You know, everybody shut the fuck up. And so when it makes their way around, everybody has to not react to this incomprehensibly frightening like beast moving to them, towards them and things like that. Um, it ends up biting um, Josie. Johnsy, whatever her name is, um, on the Shorzy. shoulder, Shorzy on the shoulder. What? And oh. huh? Oh. Yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah. And um, while this is happening, um, uh, Anya re-enters the room, all torn to fucking pieces, and starts shooting the bear from a hip shot angle, which basically means she's shooting the ceiling instead. Yeah, uh, um, I was saying this creature's like eighty percent flesh. Just yeah, hit it. I know. <laughs> And it charges her, knocks all the bowling pins of chairs <laughs> over. Yeah, I can't make bowling pin noises. Um, um, 
but it was like because <laughs> <laughs> I shot the bowling. But it, it it pulls off one of my favorite kills in cinematic history, where it goes for the throat because that's what it does. It likes vocal cords and yeah. you know, shit like that. Um, but then it just slaps her jaw off of her face, and that was so fucking sick the first time I oh, saw yeah. that. I I was mm-hmm. in love. The tongue with hanging that out and everything <laughs> too. Yeah, it was great. From right under the roof of the mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh. What a shot. What a shot. Uh, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. So Josie has gotten herself to her feet as it advances on uh, Lena, and she has a, a weapon and shoots it in the head, of a few rounds in the head or whatever. A few? She shot yeah. that motherfucker like 30 right. times. Right. I don't know what the technical term is for. I guess a burst. A few bursts is what I was looking for. But it's going to be on our next rap album. <laughs> 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 we'll never capture that magic again. Um, when you see it get its head blown off the side of its face, you notice that there's a human skull on the side of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it, that begins getting torn apart, you hear it hurts for yeah. the first time, which is crazy. Um, so mark that because what we're coming to next is to me what is the most terrifying aspect of this of this whole thing. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, a hundred percent. Okay. More so than the the clone at the end and everything. Let's fucking get it. All right. So they step outside and Josie is, for a lack of a better way of putting it, just fucking meditating in the field. <laughs> just trying to center herself, I suppose. Lena sits down next next to her and Josie asks was I right about the refla- refractions? You know, I, I I really feel like I was right. And she drops the line because she's talking about hearing um, Shepard's voice in the bear and everything. And she says, imagine dying frightened and being full of pain and that be the only part of you that survives. So I like to imagine Shepard's consciousness existing and only being able to feel pain for the entirety that it's been taken what? by this bear. <laughs> you know what I mean? In a constant state of suffering forever. God, until this thing you know what i mean and so <laughs> what that implies because this is where my mind starts expanding to a point of no return with this movie what that implies is every time anything takes anything the consciousness is passed on so we have that law of matter cannot be created nor destroyed right, right. now we have it literally like personified in the sense that everything organic on this planet within the shimmer is doing nothing but recycling these consciousness while keeping them at the same level of like awareness mm-hmm. i guess if that makes sense so the splatter dude on the pool is very much feeling everything that he's <laughs> feeling. All of the fucking tree people are feeling everything that they're feeling. And now this feels so much more alive and so much frightening to me because it's it's clear that death isn't the end. And that's the existential shit, right? Of right. like the, the the effects of eternity on your consciousness and things like that and how we can't perceive eternity. You might eternity. be worse. Right. <laughs> so what she ends up doing... Um, Josie is saying you want to kill it or you want to beat it this person wants to understand it I don't feel like I want to do either of those things anymore now it's worth noting that Josie at the beginning of the movie when she was on the boat with Mm Shepard Shepard revealed that Josie was a self-harmer so for her to fall back into her own kind of suicidal trauma and thoughts and things like that and get to a point where she's like just sort of released to this world and that kind of thing yeah she's just walking incredibly incredibly dark to me because that again implies that it doesn't matter how much we like try to get out of our 
trauma and our shit that'll always be in the back of our minds as something as an escape route, yeah. right? And she succumbs to it because of the madness that is being inflicted upon her. Mm-hmm. And again, we start dealing with themes of how valuable our life is, how meaningful our life is. Is Are we just destined to turn into soil and dust and that kind of thing? Is that ultimately what all this is about and shit <laughs> like that? You know what I mean? So those were very, very heavy themes to talk about. Um, and this is, again, before Act 3, and we're already you know what i'm saying so uh, i know we're gonna cut it down yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. um so we have a moment where um presumably um ventress is just fucked off somewhere she doesn't show up until the very end of the movie i'm not really sure why um but lena has one more flashback about her interaction her uh, entanglements (laughs) with dan and how dan is manipulating her well clearly we have a physical attraction to one another and clearly your husband isn't coming back no i love my wife keep my wife out of this she's completely blameless you know and he's just he actually said that your husband's not coming back well he probably didn't but i'm just i'm reading between the lines yeah yeah. the only reason i'm saying that is because again of the timestamp and not understanding what the fuck is going on with her is this while he was at home was he just at work or is this 11 months after he disappeared 100 (laughs) percent um she has another flashback of them sitting on the couch together her and kane and then just looking at each other and smiling and saying hey to each other while they're reading it cuts to um her doubled over in the forest just sobbing because this is her coming to grips with the fact or with uh everything that ventress said earlier about Um, our desire to destroy things as humans and she is wrestling with the 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 truth that she very much had the hand in destroying their marriage Mm -hmm. and betraying all that trust and betraying all that love and things like that because she reacts impulsively to things that that destroy okay that's really important for her character arc here moving into act three which i'm going to move into act three (laughs) so we make it to the lighthouse. This is Lena finally making it to the lighthouse. She sees a bunch of bones uh, creatively arranged, but very symmetrically arranged yeah. outside. It's clear that this was done intentionally and things like that. Um, and she enters the lighthouse and finds what? One of my favorite shots, which is just this dude who's gotten blown against mm-hmm. the fucking wall. Because the first thing I said was, was he holding a grenade? Because yes. like he's like cradling like a bait like uh, as one would swaddle a baby and there's just the whole like acme style (laughs) the wily coyote his silhouette on the wall yeah also it just says ouch (laughs) also he said that it was a phosphorus grenade Mm. and that doesn't create electricity i don't know what a phosphorus grenade is so it's i'm I'm assuming it has something to do with ignition because it's phosphorus yeah yeah. it it ignites it explodes it's a flash because Mm -hmm. phosphorus creates a flash that's actually what flashbangs are made okay but like it doesn't create electricity which is kind of like the sound that they were using Mm -hmm. and maybe it's dna refracting and i I was gonna say it's just shimmering at this point yeah you've got the shimmer (laughs) um but then we have like this really crazy um experience for people who have never seen the film for the first time or aren't me but (laughs) but it was a video recording that lena finds and she starts watching it and the video the recorder is facing the body that's been blown against the wall and we find out that that body is Kane. Mm-hmm. We also find out that as the duplication that we have found out an hour and a half ago in this movie, mm-hmm. 
has Kane has duplicated himself, not intentionally. It is not mm-hmm. Kane, mm-hmm. but the Kane that we know is it is a duplicate. Is a duplicate, mm-hmm. and the Kane that she knows has blown himself up right. because he can't handle the gravity of his own reality mm-hmm. anymore. Right, a hundred percent. Because he's wrestling with existentialism hard. Are you Kane? Am, Am I, I Kane? Kane? And things like that. Are we Kane? And you think he's on this kind of weird existential monologue until the very the very end where he says, if you do get out of here, find Lena. And you hear a voice on the other side of the camera go, I will. Yeah. So he was talking to that duplicate and asking him to record this and that kind of thing. Perhaps wondering if the duplicate is a more advanced version of himself or less affected version of himself and can yeah. return to society and take care of Lena. Yeah. I still think there's some like stuff that I don't necessarily agree with with mm-hmm. all that, but the story is the story. It, and it's completely open-ended on purpose. Yeah. Uh, which, again, may be lazy in some people's eyes, and it may be just one of those interpretive Some say the cucumber stories. tastes better pickled. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Um, but we, I was going to, yeah. I was say, but we have like this giant butthole that is covered by coral mm-hmm. that is in the uh, lighthouse room, and we get to probably the most beautiful scene of the whole movie. I was on the inhale. Um, it was... Uh, Ventress's return to the fold, right? We're in this mm-hmm. very like Ivan Ooze headquarters <laughs> slash like alien. I was saying it was so yeah, alien you know? covenant. And, <laughs> and so, yeah. And as she's sitting in the middle of the room, really like talking, talking, talking that shit at this point, it's the final phase. This is annihilation. And she, there's a monologue. I don't remember exactly what she says. It's her echoing her sentiments again, like once yeah. more about just kind of the nihilistic viewpoint that she has on existence in general. Um, but she bursts into this like creature of uh, these like bursts of like, they look like little like Zelda fairies, you yeah. know what I mean? Sort mm-hmm. of like glowing orbs of uh, consciousness and things little like nobbies. that. And you get little novies and they um, reintegrate into this one form that kind of takes on this sort of Lovecraftian infinite abyss, but it's like contained within an orb. It's it's like it, if you took the Hellraiser puzzle box mm-hmm. and made it in a 3D printer, however right. the fuck you felt like every five seconds. Sure. That's what that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And we get one of the craziest sound design moments I've ever heard in my life from oh, yeah. just a sound experience. There's a lot of droning kind of alien sounds, for lack mm-hmm. of a better way of putting it, that sound like communication but they're rhythmic and they're meant to fit within the flow of the music that's happening and things like that um when lena stares into it a a drop of her blood exits her face and goes into this void and then it splits it clones itself and we see the beginning of what we are going to just refer to this entity as the clone as Mm -hmm. it the cells replicate and replicate and replicate until it takes a full form and again it's got this kind of pearlescence to it that the shimmer itself does Mm -hmm. it sort of resembles like a marble for for those of you that don't know what pearlescent means, where it's kind of <laughs> rainbow refracted. For all of you, you not know. nerds. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's... Um, it, it is interacting with her. And so what it does, she does is pick up a gun and fires at it and the bullets enter and exit its body, but then it forms a solid form and like tentacles. And again, that's another Lovecraftian reference to like mm. what uh, old boy, which were also gone in the next scene. Right. Cause was... they kind of like suck back in. I guess it like fixed itself. I don't really know how that works. <laughs> 
So as the shimmer is beginning to duplicate her, because it's not even really that it's duplicating her, it's she's duplicating herself via the shimmer at this right. point, right? But this is what the shimmer is, is this entity, because again, this sort of reinforces my imagination and that I believe that this is unconsciously tethered to Lena almost mm-hmm. exclusively, like the main, like, like fucking Ganondorf and Link will, al- <laughs> will always be, you know what I mean? It's just right. one of those things, we have two entities and they are destined to clash, right? Yeah. And so... When while it's it's moving with her, but it clearly has free will, she decides to hit it with the camera and it just punches her. It's this kind of like <laughs> kind of like weak ass right, you know, and she falls to the ground. Weak ass right. It did, I was saying she fell to the ground. Uh, she's I, I don't I don't know what anybody's hit points are in the shimmer at this point. That could have been a, you know, I kicked the shit out rat of rat attack, quick attack. You know what I mean? But it's pressing her up against the wall, and when it does that, because she tries to leave. That's what it was. It was a door. It wasn't a wall. And while it's doing that, she begins, it, it's crushing her, so she's bleeding more. And once it absorbs enough of her, like, essence or whatever dark crystal <laughs> shit we're talking about right now, yeah. I'd freebase Natalie They, Foreman. like, fall, but they fall in synchronicity with one another. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have this this place of, like, understanding that it has, this is a proper clone at this point Okay, of so- Lena. The only thing I want to comment on on this, and I feel like this is important only because I just put this together in my head Mm -hmm. with what we were talking about for the very end of this Mm -hmm. movie. They did not fall in synchronicity. She fell. And then the clone carefully placed itself on the ground because it was learning her feelings. Oh, 100%. And and emotions. I'm just saying that for the audience. It was still, Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that is important for yeah. what is literally about to follow. It is downloading I, her. I just put those yeah. two aspects together. Yeah. That is so fucking important. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the whole point of the the ending of the. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you got yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got it with the end yeah. scene, but like that part didn't click for me until oh, yeah. like just right. now. Right. No, 100. percent Because that's what it is. Is like I said, it's downloading her. It's yeah. still learning how to be her, so it can mm-hmm. replace her. Because again, what did she talk about at the beginning of the movie when? she was talking to um fucking link i'm thinking about link now I'm talking to <laughs> talking to kane about yes. you know how the flaw in human genetics and in, in life genetics is that you could theoretically infinitely replicate your own cells and that kind of thing but we have this like there right. has to be death there has to be decay mm-hmm. at one point in that right so it's realizing that she's dying and it's duplicating her so she can live yeah. on so what happens well, I'm I'm going to pause on my philosophical shit for a second. But what happens is she ends up waking up and it's kind of mimicking her, but it's kind of acting autonomously again. Yeah. 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 She finds another phosphorus grenade. That's awesome that that was there uh, and like and puts it in his hand. Glad he didn't use the last one. <laughs> right. And so or that he brought more than one. Again, it's just one of those so things. So what you're it's saying like, is a man saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> playing, playing with the boys. <laughs> All those military boys, yeah. they're talking so much shit. What saved the day? What a phosphorus <laughs> fucking grenade. <laughs> when she gives it the grenade, she pulls the pin and kind of gets like the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? And it explodes and it ignites. It coats the thing in the phosphorus fire. I don't know um, mechanically what's happening. But as she leaves, she sees it and the expression on its face, it's her. But it's kind of like, I understand. It's not fearful as it was when it held the grenade. And it's not like learning and focused as it was when it was like 
mimicking her to begin with. Yeah, totally. Um, and as it moves around the room, she leaves and she's kind of watching the lighthouse from the outside and sort of backing away. Because again, she's at the edge of this shit. Mm-hmm. She's like within a few hundred, a few hundred yards of oh, being outside yeah. of this thing, if right? That. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so she's leaving, and it acknowledges. This was so fucking cool to me. Was that it acknowledges that was the husband. Mm-hmm. on the floor that's the corpse of the husband so i really believe that it had replicated her consciousness and all of her feelings and all of her love and all of her guilt and trauma and grief and everything in that moment and was acknowledging that this is a part of me right mm-hmm. now what's important about this is it sends the whole lighthouse up in fire and all of the glass trees that are outside also fall with everything else that's falling the shimmer is dying at this point as we find out in just a few minutes what it caught on to was her desire. The reason that it's self-destructed is pretty obvious if you've mm-hmm. listened to this episode at this point. But it's because it caught on to that dark drive, that darkness yeah. drive that she has inside her to destroy itself. What was once something that was trying to create things and make things new and splice genes mm-hmm. and make new species and, and like uh, augment the earth to like create something beautiful where creatures could live perhaps greater than they would have mm-hmm. is now destroying all of its creation because it became human. Human, right and so that's the fucking like that's like the great plot twist of this whole movie is that it's humans at the end of the day again we're talking about environmental consciousness mm-hmm. we're talking about moral consciousness the icebergs that i'm going down we're talking about existential consciousness and things like yeah, that totally. it's the human condition that drives darkness forward it yeah. doesn't have everything else is in accordance with nature everything yeah. else is just cycling and it's going to cycle and keep cycling and life and death and life and death which is why everything else falls into nature right 100 percent. and that's what i feel like the main overarching point of this movie is um, is the art the artificial nature of self identity is what sure. I, I wrote down is how how fragile that is. You're only as conscious as you allow yourself to be, right? If yeah. you if you slip into that dark place, you go into that dark place, you realize how limited your sense of identity really mm-hmm. is in comparison to people that are you know doing whatever the fuck they're doing. Um, but what I wrote down was the shimmer desires to change living organisms and it ends up duplicating her and her desire to annihilate everything good about herself and ends up dying after discover discovering this. So she makes it out of the shimmer and she's back in the, the present, which we find out the beginning of the movie is the present. Right. right? And now we have the, the timelines are lined Lomax. up where Lomax is here and everything. And do you want to talk about this scene at all? Cause it's. It's uh, relatively straightforward because most of our questions have been answered at this point. Yes. Uh, the only, I, I, honestly, I don't even care about the interview at this point anymore because it was just yeah. kind of one of those things. Again, everything's been answered. But she now, we know that she knows that Kane is not Kane. Because mm-hmm. she even acknowledges it verbally. You're not Kane, are you? And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and. and, and here here's honestly my only pet peeve with the movie and i get that like it's art it is your Mm -hmm. story you can tell it however you want um i don't like the way that this was left open-ended like Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like this is the first time to me that a story really felt like it should have been wrapped i'm sorry the first time it's a complete lie i was gonna say (laughs) no it's not (laughs) but, but this is a time where I don't think that we try to be like, the end question mark. 
like, yeah, it it just kind of felt like bullshit to me because they like hug each other. You go to Kane's side and the shimmer comes in his eyes. Mm -hmm. And then we go back to fucking Natalie Portman's side and you see a light shimmer in her eyes. Mm -hmm. And then you see a darker shimmer in her eyes. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, that kind of defeated the whole purpose of what we were talking about. So this is my, and if you, if you're on the same page with me, this is great. But this is what I interpreted from that scene is that she now has the shimmer within her and she has the ability to change the future for herself or change life around her for herself and make a new beginning. The same way that she acknowledged what the shimmer was to begin with was just an alien fucking substance or whatever. A little bit of Ivan's ooze, you know, (laughs) falling to planet Earth. (laughs) So, um, but I, I really think that like the point of this movie was that ultimately we're the masters of our own destiny at the end of the day and whatever change we see for like ourselves and our flaws and our darkness that's within us, we still have the ability to control that, right? Sure. We still have the ability maybe not to control it, but to overcome it when it when we succumb to it we can get ourselves back out of the darkness the deepest like parts of our failures and things like that and i think that that i i think that that's what the movie is supposed to because i agree it's so fucking open-ended and nobody from a writing standpoint i would like to read the book i it's not on my like to-do list or anything (laughs) but like i would like to read the book to see if it explores that a little bit more and maybe offers a little more insight that the director and the writers didn't hear um because I really feel like what they had here is a great commentary on existentialism. And, and what's so funny is like, if you want you uh, people that are listening to this and certainly you as well can go and look up reviews of this shit on like mm-hmm. Reddit and things like that. People interpreted this movie in totally different ways. Oh, people, sure. Some people think it's a, a metaphor about cancer and how cancer destroys us and things like that. Some people think it's, it's, it's just an art house kind of horror thing. That's about, you know, uh, whatever the fuck, space right? You know, a hundred sure. like some, somebody <laughs> compared it to two thousand and one, a space odyssey, which is fucking wild to uh, me. Yeah, um, we're we're digging on that one, <laughs> right? And so it's and that's the genius and the madness of of this movie is that it, and why it's so fucking scary to me is because nobody can get on the same page with it the same way nobody could get on the same page about what the shimmer was to begin with within sure. the movie and everything. And I love when movies do that when they have the same effect on the character in the story that they're telling as they do on the audience that's witnessing it. Right. That is incredibly difficult to do from a writing standpoint. So what I was saying earlier about maybe it's lazy writing, I don't think it is. I think it's completely intentional and things like that to, mm-hmm. to generate this kind of buzz. I mean, you don't, uh, it's, it, we don't do ratings, but the shit's rocking like an 88 on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, clearly yeah. people fuck with this kind yeah. of story and things like that, right? So do you want to add anything from a thematic standpoint to this or yeah. do you want to move into final thoughts? A, a little bit, yeah. The, okay. the only thing I really want to comment on is, again, like coming back to the ending is for me, this feels like when I watch actors, I watch for things that are intentional mm-hmm. and Oscar Isaac's face in a movie that is about this cyclical idea more than anything mm-hmm. else. The face that he made when he put his shoulder over Natalie Portman said that this cycle is not over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't like that for what I felt like this movie was trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And actually to your same point Mm -hmm. where it was, we can overcome, we can do this, we can pull ourselves out of the darkness and we can make these strides. That instance took all of that away from Mm -hmm. me. And I get that that's supposed to be like part of what's unsettling about Mm -hmm. it, but that 
a story doesn't have to be self-contained, but there should be sure. a level of containment to it. And and it's got to have parameters. And, and it felt and like rules. Yeah, yeah, there there were literally physical parameters in this fucking right, movie. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just kind of felt like those were like taken away a little bit. If at the, the shimmer end. can exist outside of the shimmer, what was the fucking point of the shimmer? Yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly. Like, it, and that's the part that I really, really don't understand. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and it was just, it was, it was really one of the only, one of the few points of the movie that I didn't enjoy, but I'll get into my final thoughts. Like I was going to say, I'm just going to say one more thing real quick yeah, because I just read this before I put my phone down. The third book is called acceptance. Word. It, it's, it's like annihilation something and then acceptance. And so uh, okay. I think that like what we're thinking about when you asked that question at the beginning, are, is the trilogy encapsulated in this movie? I think not. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Anyway, final thoughts. Um, I, I fucking loved this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was super aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. The acting was great. The score was great. The visuals were, like I said, very pleasing and very, uh, I don't know if revolutionary is the right word, um, but a very good use of what we have available to us in 2018. Perhaps defining for that time. Exactly. Like it's okay. Somebody took this over here and did this. We took it and did this incredible shit over here. Um, It's a little long. It is. You know, and and it was like we kind of talked about like midway through this episode. I just don't feel like it needed to be two hours long yeah you know and i think especially like i think i get put off when people use the same uh clips twice Mm -hmm. and both of those were of natalie portman cheating on maybe cheating on her husband Mm -hmm. you know because and and that's that's my only other thing with this movie is again it's the time stamps like i felt like i would have been so much more immersed and i would have tried to understand so much more about not just the story that you're telling, but the characters that you're developing right. based on information that in my opinion, you should be giving me. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall I fucking loved this mm-hmm. movie. I would probably watch it on like a January night or something like yeah. that. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. I, I think, I think this movie is a lot Get of a fun. little buzz going and just yeah, ride that wave yeah. one more time and enjoy the colors and the sounds and the story and maybe give it some more thought. And... I would definitely eat some mushrooms and watch this. Yeah, movie. yeah it's, def- <laughs> it's definitely a mushroom movie. I, I 100%. Um, yeah. And like you're talking about like things like uh, it's kind of my impression of it, too. I mean, there's a lot of moments where you're watching this where you're like you kind of hanging on to that face a little too long or that expression a little too long or for the sake of making it into a slow burn at the beginning, we drag a lot of these interactions. Mm-hmm. out longer than they need to be because that shit adds up i mean like you do that if every single shot is two seconds longer than it's supposed to be i mean you mm-hmm. shave off what 20 minutes of the movie if you just cut those two seconds out you know what i'm yeah. saying it's just one of those things um and you were talking about like the the themes of like her cheating on her husband maybe i mean i think that all that i i meant to go back to this earlier but all that that was meant obviously meant to identify was that she is self-destructive by nature and is willing to like do things to satisfy her impulses even if that means long-term mm-hmm. consequences that are more detrimental than whatever sure. potential benefit she were to get out of fucking dan you know <laughs> um I just feel like those psychological aspects are drastically different between somebody who is cheating on their spouse and someone who is the 
uh, other woman sure. taking away from somebody else. Because with that, there's a level. I mean, there's a level of selfishness to all of it. But when you look at it from a psychological aspect, those are two totally different stories uh-huh. in my head. Well, grief fucking is a thing. I, you know what I mean? If you believe that your husband one, is dead or whatever, and you're grieving and processing that, that's a thing. Because like you said earlier, you're just trying to feel something at this point. You're not, this isn't betrayal. <laughs> you know and, what I mean? And, yeah. that, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, that that was part, and, I, and like, if you're going to add that part of the story for me. Make it clear that you're demonizing her character and don't leave that up for interpretation. Because now, yeah. I, now I just feel a disconnect from her character. Right, and that's not the point mm. of writing... Not this, even a heroine, but a character in general. Well, and this whole movie is about connecting to humanity yeah. at the end of the day, you know? And I think that's the thing that keeps me coming back to this one is it? Be, it it's so sci-fi, which is something that I love deeply, but it has these terrifying elements to it that, to me, make it a fringe horror movie. I mean, it's not like a horror movie. Sure. That bear's scary as fuck, but that's not, that's not enough to make it a horror movie. You know what I mean? It's a horror movie in the same right. sense that, like, The Terminator is. Sure, right. And it's just one of those things for me where what it leaves you with is a deep... Um, uh, uh, my first time watching this again, I was high as fuck. But like the first time I watched this, it was it was a deep ex- existential dread. It's you're probably staying up late tonight with the lights on and like <laughs> and thinking about you know and shit like you know what I mean. You're just staring at the ceiling, <laughs> right? Hoping I don't see a shimmer. Um, but it, it a- Riley reads in your ceiling. <laughs> I wish. Um, it it asks it forces you to ask really tough questions and this is what's so important about art to me is it forces you to like react to it in a way that you interpret it and i don't say that to sound like super like woo woo or like whatever i mean i think it's pretty clear like what the message of this in my opinion of what this message was trying to or what this movie was trying to convey through its message um but Asking questions about yourself, like what what's the measure of a life? Like what does your life mean to the to the greater good and the present, but certainly like the future? How do you weigh meaninglessness against like purposefulness and things like that? And this is one of those movies that really like forces you to ask those questions. And I think that's important for viewers to wrestle with that when they're experiencing art because that's a very emotional moment for you. I mean, I think that's what art is trying to do is evoke emotion from people that are like bearing witness to it in mm-hmm. whatever form it is, whether it's music or a painting or a movie like this and it's it's just it's really cool to get to experience things like these uh, movies like these because they're so impactful for such a long time throughout your life and when you revisit them you feel those feelings again but you feel them as a year older version of yourself right as a five-year-old or five-year five-year-old as a five-year older <laughs> version of yourself hopefully yeah five to 31 year old man <laughs> but it's just cool to explore those concepts and those thoughts and things like that and I don't feel like we get a lot of that strictly in horror. I feel like sure. horror is more just like, do you have the survival instinct or not? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. And, and there's, there's certainly movies. I'm being very general and yeah, blanketed totally, with this statement. Totally. But I, I love when people can delve deep and force their audience to delve deep within themselves. And you're not just along this ride with this character. You're feeling what this character is feeling because you're a human too. You know? Yeah. So um, that's all I got. I would watch this movie again. I would absolutely watch it. And if you uh, haven't seen this movie and somehow you're still listening to this bullshit, just go watch the movie. Because if nothing else, just for the visuals and the acting and the sound design and everything involved in it, it's great. Yeah, 100%. It, it is definitely. And we we had the privilege of watching it on Blu-ray. So thank mm-hmm. you, Eric, for mm-hmm. that. Um, physical copies, guys. Physical keep your, copies. Keep your physical copies. Um, but with that, thank you guys for joining us once again 
for joining us where it creaks, it cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. Erg month. Erg month.